Hello, human peoples. You're listening to the podcast network of Gamefully Unemployed. Support us and gain access to great exclusive podcasts like Fox Mulder is a Maniac, Tom and Jeff Watch Batman, Star Trek The Next Futurama, and our latest show, Spiel Boys. Head over to patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. We do game streaming, movie nights with our patrons every Friday night, and you can even commission your own podcast about anything you want. Literally anything, within reason, and we have to do it. You are quite frankly out of excuses not to go visit patreon.com slash gamefullyunemployed. That's patreon.com slash G-A-M-E-F-U-L-L-Y unemployed, which is spelled like it sounds. Literally in the elevator, yeah. what did I say? I said, it could be a porno. Yeah, it could be could, a porno. Could be. It could be. It's really hard to tell. Dark Passage. Yeah, Dark Passage. That's just an orifice. Orifice. It's <laughs> a hole. Oh, oh. A shadowy hole. Yeah. Hi, everybody. Hello, everyone. My name is David Bell. Uh, I'm Tom Ryman. What's up, everybody? I'm Alan. I'm uh, I'm the director of the, f- the feature film Last Straw. Yes, and I am the writer of said feature. My name is Taylor Sardoni, and hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome, and we just watched Dark Passage, a movie about an anus. Humphrey Bogart and Holes. You won't tell me because you think I'll come there. I'd follow you. You'd be insane to follow me. I... Was I insane to pick you up on the road? Was I crazy to let you stay here? Alan Taylor, thank you so much for being on. Before yes, we thank begin, you so you, much. You already gave a little hint. Um, uh, what's your deal? What do you What do you got going on? Um, Can I? Thanks for being on. Sure. Yeah. Let, let's do tell that. us. Tell us a little more about Last Straw, will you? Yeah. Well, thank you guys for having us. It's really funny. We came across, you know, your podcasts and what you guys do. And we were like, we're going to reach out and say, please, please have us on your show because it would be so cool to chat. And so we're really excited to be here. Um, Yeah. You know, we have known each other. Alan and I have known each other since Columbia University, uh, our grad school days. What is it? 10? Yeah. 10, 12 years. Nice. yeah, where he oh. is was a director and kind of, you know, studied that. And I was the one of the writers and our collaboration runs deep. Um, and specifically on this last one, we were able to mount our first produced feature film, um, Last Straw, which is a cool crime thriller that you guys covered in Hypecast. And that's kind of how we found you. And we're excited for for more audience to see it. Uh, sooner rather than later hopefully yeah oh no what's the status of the film where can people see it yeah so we're we're on a little film festival tour right now but we have a sales company that is uh out doing their sales thing right now so hopefully very soon uh there's they're talking to a few people that hopefully we'll have a distribution deal in place here soon and and then people we hope we get into we'll have it in theaters and yeah. then and then I mean, definitely streaming. So yeah, we we were this is an early plug, an early early plug that hopefully <laughs> succeed for later on. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but we, you know, you guys dug the trailer and uh, we figured, hey, let's do it. <laughs> Absolutely, thank you so much for for it's a joining it's us. a it's it's a budding plug, a bud <laughs> plug, if you will. <laughs> plug, I love it. Oh, so this is going to be the theme. This is going to be the theme of the episode. <laughs> Listen, you already. said dark passage. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, just uh, for uh, yeah, we we covered it on a hype cast. People can check out the trailer. It's for last online. Every- yeah, do last draw and then the word movie because otherwise they'll give you the definition of last straw. Um, they'll give you no. Know, they'll give you a, a a film from like 2014. It's like a it's like a Christmas comedy. So yes. you- <laughs> oh okay. Yeah, I had to type 2023. 
right? Yeah, yeah. Which we're all covering in the next podcast. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, yeah. it looks like it looks like a blast. Really, really excited to see it. So super, yeah. super happy to have you guys on. Thank yeah. you. Thank you. So we're talking about the what what year is this? 1947. 47, I think, right? According to the credits, it stars Humphrey Lauren and Bogart Bacall. Um, <laughs> they did a little don't dead open inside thing on in the beginning. Uh, no, this is I, this is a movie I had saw once. What I I want to know everybody's relation to a uh, relationship to it, especially you two, because you brought it to us. You wanted right, to talk you about it. Wanted to talk about this movie. So, what's your relationship with the film? How do you guys come to find it? Yeah, you know, it's kind of funny. I um I have the the Humphrey Bogart and Lauren Bacall box set. Uh, oh the DVDs of their four collaborations. And, um, you know, I've always loved this one. I haven't seen it in, in a really long time, actually. And obviously just rewatched it for this and was really pumped to dive back in. But it was so interesting to me because out of the those four major collaborations, this one was always the, the least well-received. And I, I was always interested in that because I find it to be, you know, we can, we're going to dive in, but I find it to be so pulpy, so kind of trashy for 1947 in this really cool way. And, and the things that, that I tend to write, and of course, you know, last straw and the things that Alan and I are, are working on for the future have that same kind of feel and aesthetic to them, a modernized kind of trashy, pulpy feel. Um, and so when, when you guys said, well, you know, what movie would you want to cover? You know, Alan and I threw uh, how many? We did like oh, thirty right. movies yeah, back yeah, yeah. Yeah. trying to think which one. Yeah. Like, you know, the pressure. So a lot of pressure. Yeah. <laughs> but, but I, I had, and now you can say I, I sent uh, him a few movies, and and Dark Passage is one of them, and he's like man, I got to check this one out. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I admittedly, I hadn't seen this film um, until recently, which and, is, which I will just say, Alan and I are both, you know, film nerds like yourself. So right. not having seen it was a, was a big deal. I was like, yeah. oh, wow. But, you know, I knew if, if Taylor thematically was, was into it, I knew that it, it was going to be the right thing for this. Uh, you know what, where it started was, we had a, a reviewer or a, the film festival call our movie a neo-noir. And I never considered our movie to be a neo-noir. But now that uh, the guy that programs at Beyond Fest said that, I'm like, oh, you're right. That's exactly yeah. what it is. And those are the kinds of movies that we we love Yes, and with thriller horror elements. But we were kind of like going through like, what are the weird movies that like aren't seen from this era? And yeah. then he sent me this movie and I'm like... I, I love Humphrey Bogart, but like, I'm like the biggest Lauren Bacall fan and <laughs> just to, admittedly. And, and like, I, you know, was just like, Oh my God, the first hour of this movie is just Lauren Bacall. Oh, she kills it in this movie. And, yeah. and you're just like, you're like, this is phenomenal for like an actress in the in 1940s. Like this is unreal. Yeah. Yeah. It's a yeah, fascinating yeah. film. I, I, Tom, had you seen this? I had okay. So you were saying as a as film nerds, you were surprised that Alan hadn't seen it. I had never even heard of this one. Wow. So I was real shocked because I've like I thought I was pretty into like you know both <laughs> movies and stuff. I've seen like Casablanca, African Queen, Maltese Falcon, yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. This one I had never heard of, but yeah, it's, it's really it's immediately striking because of the POV, the way it's filmed. Yeah. It's, the the first part is so well shot. The, the POV first hour style. rules. My I God. I had seen this in my twenties and I forgot because I lived I lived in a punk house where we did a lot of drinking and one yeah. of the people there loved old noir movies and would put them on. So like once I started watching this, I was like, I have like a blurry memory of this film. And I realized like, <laughs> oh shit, I've totally seen this. 
Um, was I watching so, this in a car accident? Yeah, exactly. It's also, the, it's funny because the, the movie itself takes on such a surreal presence that I can imagine uh, mixing a little bit with alcohol makes it just even more nightmarish. For sure. Because <laughs> it it's a dirty movie. Yes. Like it just, it, it is. is. Yes. I mean, it's scummy. Funny. It's scummy. And I love that. And like, I honestly, like we, that's what we were trying to do with our movie. We wanted yeah. it to feel dirty and scummy and, and I, I don't know, there's just something about like seeing Humphrey Bogart play this kind of yeah. like nasty guy and he keeps interacting with these kind of nat like people on the fringes of society. And you're just like, this makes me feel gross in the best way. Yeah, well, that's funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, go for it. Go for it. Oh, I wanted I, I just wanted to um I think for some people listening might not have seen the movie, so we might want to explain. What oh, the yes. movie is about as well, and just in uh, just real quick, it's the fugitive. It's uh, a guy who uh, didn't kill his wife, who's on the run from the law. Um, he he goes to gets plastic surgery, and it becomes a mystery film, a mystery thriller of him trying to figure out who killed his wife. Plastic surgery that takes seems minutes. to have the opposite effect. Like yeah. <laughs> it seemed to hassle him more after he got yeah. face. And and just so that the, the the listeners know that that plastic surgery comes late into the game, so that's yes. the conceit that we're kind of referencing is that we don't see Humphrey Bogart's face, actual face, until one hour into this what one hour and forty five yes. minute movie, one full hour, the biggest star of the time, insane. I, look, I can't believe Warner Brothers said, "Yeah, let's do this." Yeah, and I can't believe audiences didn't like it. Yeah, Appar- yeah. Apparently, he was he was best paid actor at the time, and he it was his project he wanted yeah. to do it uh because it's all pov until he reveals his face or until he gets the surgery until he gets the surgery and I, even then he's under bandages and can't right. speak for about yeah. 20 minutes of that it's really interesting to see um also his performance both behind the camera with that pov but also when they finally do take the the bandages off He's so different than the Humphrey Bogart that we know from all these other movies. He's so sensitive. He's fragile. He's, he's like passive. Yeah. Really interesting. It's a weird part of this film is this film seems to be it's a San Francisco in an alternate timeline where everybody's like a criminal because like yeah. everybody he runs into in the John Wick universe. Time. Yeah, <laughs> it's, John Wick. it's part of the idea. And I really I think it's a really cool idea, which is that he's basically at the mercy of everybody else because yeah, yeah. everybody he talks to has something on him essentially because he's on the run from the law so everybody tries to leverage that against him and so he's just constantly trapped it's a really interesting idea uh i also kind of i can kind of see why it might not have gotten good reviews at the time because the the thing that surprised me about it is like this felt like ultimately it could have just been like a, a 90s denzel film um, yeah. And I love these Denzel films. What I mean is, like, it's pretty basic in the mystery. Um, yes. We're obviously going to spoil play. it. Yeah, because yeah, it's just like, oh, who did it? Because there's there's a lot of layers where it's like there's so many weird things going on. The plastic surgery, for example, I thought was going to be some sort of twist. The right. fact that they weren't showing his face. Um, it, it's kind of it's it's like the gimmick, quote unquote, of the picture, but it's kind of immaterial to the story. Yeah. Weirdly. It's yeah. it's really interesting about that, and also since it's like a little later, Bogart's playing it is like he's he's not that torn up about his wife, and it makes sense because he's he's been in prison for a while, but 
he plays it almost kind of like he's a little he feels a little sinister like i ex- i expected something to happen well you don't that. trust him yeah you don't yeah. you don't trust him completely and there's there's an idea there that i thought was interesting with with uh bacall because she's so ride or die right away she picks him yeah. up off the side of the road you don't he has trust no her idea who she is right and and it turns out that uh she's just a good samaritan and just wants <laughs> well, to help him how interesting is that? Oh, you we don't have, trust her. Yeah. You have this movie that is setting you up with the conventions of the genre and playing exactly. with your expectations. And like, I can understand why audiences might have been like, wait, what is this? But like, in the context of the 21st century, you're just like, this is bold. It's very and, bold. And even now, you still, you're like, wait, no, this guy is going to screw him over. No, this guy is going to do. And you're just like, yeah. oh, no, it's. We were talking about it earlier. There's this really cool, it almost feels as if like the story is creating this mythology of all these different characters who he keeps bumping into that there's contrivances, there's there's coincidences. And yet the funny thing is that all that does is create the tension of you cannot trust anybody. Right. In this. There's an amazing moment in the film where a character on the street just walks up to him and says, and we're in that POV and says, hey, can I get a cigarette? And you're waiting for it to be like, okay, who's this guy? Does he know him? Is he going to kill him? Is he gonna... And he says, do I know you? And you hear, no, nah, you don't know me. And then he just is like, okay, and keeps walking away. And you're like, oh my gosh, is he going to come back? And, and no, it's just these details that creates this conflict and this tension that the this one character is going through. And because you're in POV for such a long time, you, the audience, are literally put through the ringer with him. It's really fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like paranoid. You you feel the claustrophobia of like like constantly. He's looking over his shoulder, and like he has to like hide underneath the um, blankets in the backseat of the car when she's going past a checkpoint, and it's. They're like Dave was saying, it seems like they exist in a alternate John Wick universe, not only because everybody he runs in, like 80 percent of the people he encounters are criminals, but because everybody is so suspicious in this universe. Yes. Like the cop in the diner, he hears he he, the, the, the diner owner like accidentally screws him over just because he's he's small talking and says, oh, well. I, I forget how the small talk comes up, but he There's asks him the yeah. racing scores and he's like, ah, what are you, where are you been, buddy? That race has been closed for a month. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> basically and screws like, him over. And the yeah. cop is just like probable cause. I'm yeah. going <laughs> to, I'm going to go back to your house and, and like, I'm going to follow you and make sure you have ID. Like that cop is committed. Yeah. It's funny too, yeah. because saying this is so, so Alan uh, is uh, casting. He's in casting and has done some amazing stuff. Euphoria, a lot of A24 picks, like uh, Uncut Gems. And I said to That's him, awesome. yeah, and if you take the the polish of 1947 off of these characters, you take the, the hats, you take the, you know, and you you modernize them with the types of characters and actors that he has specifically cast in these movies, oh, yeah. it would work perfectly. You don't have to change a thing. They're, they are all sleazebag opportunistic lowlifes oh, yeah. in this world. and. I kind of love it. I love it. I love it. My favorite is the cab driver who recognizes right, him the and is just like, cab and he seems he seems to think that Bogart did it, and he just doesn't right. care. Like he doesn't he's care. Like, ah, Dame. He kind of likes that he might have done it. Yeah. yeah. There's an amazing moment. Where, uh, my favorite character is the doctor, the, the surgeon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. man. He has a line that I wrote down here. He says, I perfected my own special technique 12 years ago before I was kicked out of the medical association. I don't monkey around. He's holding a giant knife. Like, yes. when he says this. Yeah. <laughs> and again, I'm, I'm almost certain. Did I did I misunderstand this, that the surgery took like 90 minutes? 
Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. 90 minutes. Yep, and 90 maybe minutes. maybe that is true, but it doesn't feel like it should be. Like if yeah, I went yeah. to a search and they're I mean, like, it'll be about like it'll be like well, 90 minutes. It'll be like they, the length of a kid's film. I'd be like, I don't want a new surgery. The kind of the kind <laughs> of plastic surgery you get in a in a dark alley in 1947 yeah. is the kind that takes 90 also minutes. like you know, like friend like a friend of a friend of a surgeon. That's not how you want to get plastic surgery. No. You know, just by some like random guy. cab driver who picks it's you up like, you look morning. like you murdered somebody. Want me to take you to a plastic <laughs> yeah. surgeon yeah. I know? But, but honestly, like, I, I think that the character of the cab driver is so disturbing is like, he's okay if Bogart did kill his wife. Yes. And, right. and, and he's like, and I'm going to help you out. And there's something about like that, like that character, even though he's like kind of a, he helps out. He's kind of the most vile character in the exactly. entire movie. Oh, yeah. Like he's like the most sinister when you think about his operation. Yeah. yeah. And he even says like he he has this like very strange helper energy right. to him where he's like, I want to help. I want to help. And then he says to the doctor right before he goes, but I like his face. So be careful with his face. Like you just met, the, you're a cab driver. Right. What are you talking about? You like this guy's face. <laughs> What's his motivation? Why is he helping this guy? And it's just like, he just wants to help wronged men. And you're just like, this is really weird. Yeah. <laughs> And that's the thing is that it feels like the movie is circling that idea, right? Is like, he's a desperate man, so he has to get involved with these people. But right. since he's innocent, you'd think he'd have some sort of like moral disgust to them. And I guess yeah. that never really plays out. And like, yeah, they, they all have to be like Lauren Bacall. Again, it's just like, what kind of person finds a fugitive and just is like, I believe in you. I'm going to help you. I'm going to do all right. these things for you. Um, it's so like, incredibly video and I just heard that you escaped. And so I, I was going to come find you. It <laughs> yeah. Kind of reminds me of, of like a show like the, you know, the night of, right. um, or, or even mm. the doc series, like making a murderer, this conceit that we're following a person who is he innocent? Is he not innocent? And we're watching him try to kind of like right the wrong in such a different and bad, disturbing way that by the end, you're kind of like, yeah, well, if he wasn't before, he kind of is a sleazeball now. Yeah. He's all characters that he's been interacting with. Right. It is important to note that they, they seem to imply that there was like a big like media trial about right. this guy. Yeah. And that's why everybody sort of knows him and has an opinion. That's on true, him. yeah. And that's that, true. I think that's a big part of it that's like a little less like I don't know if it's just that it's uh, it's less loud because now we're watching it and it it's it just is an older film where like if you had people talk about how they were like reading about it online and talking about it on Twitter, you'd sort of like you'd get it a little more, I think, of like yeah. or if they're like, oh, I saw the Netflix documentary about you. Right, like right, that's right, the right, equivalent right. of it. It is. Right, yeah. Yeah. It now that there's just, you know, there's probably so many <laughs> terrible murders that happen that we're just so desensitized. Right. We're like, there's nobody who we'd be like, oh, it's him. It's just yeah. like, oh, you killed your wife. I, yeah. I had what? that thought while we were. A second ago, we were discussing. So maybe they just thought, "Oh, well, a yeah, guy killed his wife. That'd be all over the news." And you know, yeah. sixty years later, we're like, right. "That's like one of ten guys." Yeah. In the news. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, how quaint! <laughs> but it is like I. It's weird to say this because I don't think they should. But this would be a movie that could be remade with true crime as yeah. more of its own character. Sure. Yeah. Um, it's it's essentially a a true crime. Fan, like she, we learned that Bacall was obsessed with the trial and went there every day. So it's just, right. It's, she's a podcaster. You'd make her a podcast. Oh, yeah, she's yeah. A, 
she's she, a podcaster. Serial. That is what she's doing. She's Sarah Koenig. I, I actually will go as far as to almost disagree and say that I actually think this would make a killer remake if somebody actually took it in the in the right direction. I know I'm I'm I we don't love remakes of awesome films, but this one just feels <laughs> as if it's kind of like it would introduce an audience to this this the original movie yeah. and get to do some of the things that you know how daring can we be now modernized and mm-hmm. do some stuff with perspective and technique that I, I don't know that they were attempting to do back then yeah It'd be think, interesting. yeah i think there's certain remakes that i'm like like it's weird to say i always thought they should remake the third man and have um, oh, wow. orson wells be prayed by denzel who i brought up earlier because it would be a great <laughs> reveal but like that's a movie that i'm like Remake it every 10 years with whoever's the newest celebrities. Like there's certain movies that I'm like almost throw that away. And it's just like, yeah, fuck it. Um, you know what? It's interesting. This movie, Dark Passage, is about faces. Mm-hmm. Like it's about all these faces because what we're doing, obviously, we're looking at all these other characters through the eyes of our main character. And we don't mm-hmm. see this face until an hour into the film. And I think like there's something to be said about about what you're talking about. Then this idea of like, how do we get the biggest movie star and mess with the audience's expectations of when you're going to see him or her? Because that would yeah. even be more interesting, you know. So there's so many different things that you can play with. Yeah, right? you know, it's it's really fascinating. It's, yeah, it's. No, oh, sorry. Go. go on. No, no, you. Oh, I was just gonna say it's a fascinating movie because it's like a almost a series of vignettes for that reason. Yeah. Where it's like these little people like this these little bits of people doing like monologues almost to the camera because they're all talking to Bogart's character. And it yeah. is setting up like a series of like kind of questionable characters to kind of build this mystery. Yeah, I you're right, and and it's like I I feel like this is a good segue to the Lauren Bacall yes. part of it, which is like my favorite part because you have, I mean, arguably at the time one of the big movie stars yeah. as well, and For sure, I think the thing that I was so impressed by with her is one, it's like this amazing badass woman character in this in this time, and she's like doing these things that are questionable, and you're like, but also just the way that she allowed herself to be shot. Yeah, I mean, you got to think about like all the other star starlet stars at that time. You're, you're like haze filters, soft focus. Yep. I right. mean, this is like she allowed herself to be shot for almost an hour with like hard light. Yep. I mean, it shows her like imperfect skin. It's like she's she and it's, I'm just like this had never been like done before. And right. she used like, to smear like, like Vaseline on the lens or something. She's like, I want to I want to like this is a dirty movie. Let's let's go there. It's really. A, yeah. There's a really great, I mean, her performance is so great. And like Taylor was pointing out, uh, the first hour of this movie is just actors' faces. Um, So you get to study a whole lot of what she's doing with her face acting. And there's a great scene where it's when she leaves him alone to go get him clothes and he's kind of rooting through her her stuff. And he pulls out her clippings and sees that her stepdad went to jail for murdering her mom. And she comes in and you see... It's all it's all in her face, but you see that she's pissed. But it's a very subtle, like, because she's already playing the role of, like, kind of icy femme fatale. Mm-hmm. You don't know about her, but she still is able to do a performance where she's got that steely look when she walks in. And yet you can still see that it even drops from there. She's like, mm, yeah. you shouldn't be looking I mean, through that shit. It's <laughs> a completely, like, modern <laughs> performance. Like, yeah, it's yes, kind of very modern- much so. Like also, it's so understated and it, it kind of redefines what a femme fatale can be during the time that femme fatale was like the, a, a popular yeah. fancy. Cause you're, you're sitting there and you're looking at her and again, you're suspicious just like you are mm-hmm. of all these other characters and you're going, 
you know, no, 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 no. She's not just as helpful. What's the other shoe? When's the other shoe going to drop? And in the end, you're kind of like, you know, yeah, spoiler alert. You're like, she's good. She's helpful. This is great. You like each other. This is amazing. Like, I almost thought the thing with her father was like another misdirect because they're trying to red herring or something. Yeah, yeah. they're trying to kind of cool our suspicions with that of just like, no, it's cool. She she has a personal reason that she's invested in this. But even up to that point, and even up to the end, she is, you know, she redefines this type of character because she's probably the smartest character. She's she's completely rebellious because she's doing that. She's helping somebody who were like a, a very questionable character. It's just she's so strong. And yet, like you're saying, has these moments that you just see the vulnerability on her face. And I think like it goes a long way to that their collaboration, obviously they're on on screen and off screen romance. Mm-hmm. It really shines in this movie particularly. And I don't know. I don't think Humphrey Bogart was really standing off screen for a lot of those those POV no. shots. You know, it's it's yeah. just shows to show you that the energy and atmosphere that they were able to create yeah. is so dynamic that you're just kind of you buy it. You just buy it. They really I, complete each other. Yeah. Yeah. Also, I think to just shout out to the director for the, those first 40 minutes, he was able to actually make that first person perspective dynamic and interesting and he, he directed i mean it almost felt like orson wells was directing because everything yeah. was purposeful and, and and there wasn't like a wasted move and i could right. I was like say even the moves were like really awesome yeah. i mean i've seen movies from that time and they would do it and it, it felt clunky and it felt like it, there was a lot of like empty space like this was so efficient and precise and precise and the tension built for 40 straight minutes. And I was just like, this is like a masterclass in filmmaking. Even handheld, because there's a lot of handheld in the opening, which at the time was, was uh, again, very, you're going rogue from what the objective nature of storytelling was on film. And, and it's so precise still. Mm -hmm. And it just feels as if you're, you're not in somebody's hands. You're literally looking through somebody's eyes and Mm -hmm. it's just really, really wild. That opening sequence, like when he escapes San Quentin in the barrel and, okay. and rolls. I really wanted him to just keep rolling like a Simpsons gag, just roll right back into oh, the prison. There's um, some. Oh, sorry. I'll, oh, I'll, no, I'll but, write down my thoughts so you can finish. Oh, it. yeah. I, I just like, I hadn't remembered this movie. So there's this like varying degree of, you know, when you first settle down with a movie, even older movies, you're like, I don't know w- what quality I'm going to sit down and deal right. with. And the yeah. moment there was that in the barrel shot, I was like, ooh, okay, so it's a good movie. Like, there's oh, yeah. a really well <laughs> right shot. Right where he's walking away from the barrel. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. so good. And it's then the of, shot of San Quentin where it pans over, very Orson Welles shot where it's like framed right. by the the shrubberies around it and stuff like that. It was beautiful, beautiful. And then film. his hand just comes through yep. and push, and you're just like, oh wow, this it, is going to be awesome. It's, it's <laughs> yeah. kind of interesting because you know the these modern shows like Breaking Bad, which you know it felt at the time like Breaking Bad was like breaking all these rules with their shots and inside, you know, uh, you know, on a tire or inside like a like the back of a trunk and all, all this kind of stuff. And and this movie is doing that in 1947 within the first few moments of the movie. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like, are we spinning around in a barrel with a guy who just jumped off? Also, how the hell did they do yeah. that? <laughs> like, yeah. I, it's rare that you watch films from that era and go, oh, no, I see the cut. You know, you're like that. He's in there and the thing just rolled off the hill. Yeah. Like, <laughs> and you got to remember, like the, the cameras were so big. Yeah. The, the equipment was so clunky. You're, I, there's just, like a technical achievement. You're like, how did they do that? Yeah. And it's so effortless. And, and again, makes you feel even like with that handheld and that yeah. rough, 
you feel it feels very gritty for mm-hmm. that era and even for now and so to see it like that you're just it kind of blows right by you and you're just kind of uh, amazed at the and, and marveled at that technique they're able to pull right. off yeah, that's true. true i hadn't even sat there and thought, i wonder maybe if they used a mirror or something um yeah <laughs> in that shot you there's a there's a really funny shot of the dummy that's crammed in there so i wanted to take a moment to talk about the dummy yes. work in this movie yeah. because oh, oh, oh. We, keep, yes. we keep using the word bold and <laughs> i want to i want to say that at the end of this movie the, the film's primary antagonist the person who's revealed to be the murderer is agnes moorhead who is this jilted former lover of of bogies yeah. and to spite him she dives the fuck Love through it. a plate glass <laughs> okay yeah out yeah. of nowhere this was amazing yeah. so bogart later says she tripped to someone else and i was no, like she Wait. yeah that's why i was like i'm pretty sure she leapt through a window she wanted that man to suffer so greatly that oh, she man. threw herself out of a 47 story and window like the joker yeah, yeah, talk about that that commitment and and it, when that dummy when she falls when that thing falls down and then his POV shot from all the way mm-hmm. above shows her on the ground. It's weirdly like the most effective shot of the whole movie. Yeah, it's yeah. staring at it with him for such a long time, and you're like, how do we feel about this? Because now we can kind of get away, but like there's no yeah. job. Listen, you're just like you're very conflicted inside. But he's still a wanted man, and he can't actually like hear his name. And you're like, this is this makes me feel dirty. Yes. Yeah, I, I do love. There's a bit of act, a bit of phys- a more physical acting that uh, that I wanted to highlight in that scene where Bogey's because he goes there to confront her. He's got this confession. He really thinks this conversation is going to go in one direction, yeah, and yeah, he yeah, goes yeah. in a direction he couldn't predict. Yeah, he had all this like shit lined up, like he was going to be like coming there like Columbo and and corner, but then. She, he's looking through the shattered window and the, and you see him realize how much trouble he's in. Yes. He's like, oh, and then oh, he's shit. Like, oh shit. He's like, I gotta get my, he's like looking around the apartment to try to figure out what he's touched. <laughs> like, <laughs> I was curious. Yeah, I was very curious what like noir and mystery films of the time was because there's this moment where he walks in and he's just like, I know you did it. Confess. And then he's like shocked that she's just like, no. And he's, yeah, just, yeah. he's like, shit. <laughs> yeah. I, Will you tell uh, it to the police? Fuck. I don't think I will. Yeah, like, he's just like, what so, do I do? You know, the the movie. I mean, the the movie is so like not worried about the conventions of how like the ten- right. the tension is not like the, the, between the characters. The tension is like the way the characters are perceived, and it's yeah. kind of amazing. Yeah, so that's the thing. committed to that. Uh, again, that's the thing is like even you know obviously modern audiences but even audiences at that time can watch this movie and say okay there's a there's too many coincidences yeah. there's too many holes you know the 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 literally she's just like leaping out the window there are things in it that just feel so contrived and yet it feels like such an achievement because you've you i buy it and you feel as if there's this mythology of these characters Mm -hmm. that's like no 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 this is the nightmare that he is in and we're Mm -hmm. going to put you literally in the driver's seat and you're going to go through this with him Mm -hmm. and in the end you're going to have to make that decision of like now what huh and it's almost like imagine if the movie ended right with that look on his face of oh shit what do i do yeah you know (laughs) a better ending obviously but it's just so yeah i I couldn't help but feel as i'm watching it like it felt surreal like it would like a dreamscape like it almost felt like maybe david lynch watched this movie (laughs) and got lodged in his subconscious somewhere because it's reality but the heightened reality for sure yeah and you're like you're not sure if it's real or not but it is and 
I don't know. It, it's very subversive. I think I I think the I I I don't know. I tried to look it up. I because you know like the process of writing you always ask like what does the audience expect? Let's do the opposite, right? We always yeah. want to surprise them. So having her leap leap the fuck out that window, it was oh, yeah. a moment of me being like, "Oh shit." Like you yeah, don't expect it. You just oh, don't. Yeah. Yeah. And you're like, what is he going to do? And then landing it on this idea of like, well, we finally know he's innocent, which is the whole thing you're wondering. You're watching the movie and you're like, did he freaking, I think he might've killed his wife. I don't know. And then, so we know it, but then we know the frustration of like, but no one else is going to know it. And that's right. such a good ending. And I could almost see a darker ending where it's like, he goes back to prison or he's know. just alone, but it felt like almost a studio night note of them being like, but we still want it to be kind of happy. So have them like right, escape. Right. It's, it's still gotta be I a mean, bogey. Go to call. Peru. Yeah. yeah. And, yeah. yeah. And, and we can, we can admit too. I mean, a, a fault of the film is that after that hour of POV and he finally reveals his face, the movie does cram in your typical film mm -hmm. noir mystery into like the next 30 to 40 minutes. Yeah. And right. so it does feel as if we're like racing towards a, a very low stakes mystery of just some a jilted lover who's just like, yeah. if I can't have you, no one will. And you're like, oh man, this is kind of a letdown towards what we were kind of building, but yeah. who cares? Let's just keep yeah, it, yeah. You know, let's just keep it going. Yeah. Right. There is there is a tiny bit of a is that all uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> to yeah, yeah. the mystery, but it's but it's done so well. Um, I love I love yeah. the idea of Bogart going to the cops and then being like, so let me get this straight. She yeah. murdered your wife and jumped out the window because you're just so good of a lover. Is that what you're telling <laughs> yeah. us? What did you like, look like before okay. you looked like Humphrey yeah. Bogart? <laughs> you are going to jail, sir. And, and that, <laughs> they look at the picture of him before, which is just some dude that looks like John Slattery by way of Walt Disney. Right, 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 right. Really? This I want to also huh? call out Agnes Moorhead, which is I, I, my oh, I love her. With her has always been like her older. She kind of plays like yeah. the spinster, the kind of like my main thing with her is the is the radio performance of Sorry Wrong Number. Like oh, I had that on okay. audio cassette and I listened to it constantly yeah. as a kid. Sorry. And continue. there was a moment where I'm like watching this movie. And I was like wow like what she's she's also playing like a film fatale yeah. and you're like there's no way that's the neighbor from bewitched or that's no that's no way that's the like the homely like neighbor from all that heavens allowed like that's no way that's her and you're just like like wow she really had range and i, I don't like she doesn't really get called out for for her range yeah. and i'm just like i'm, I'm impressed from a yeah. casting perspective i was i was very <laughs> impressed by this cast <laughs> Oh, she's awesome. She has a, one of my favorite Twilight Zone episodes. It's the one <laughs> where she's there's no dialogue. She's a lady living in a farmhouse getting harassed yeah. by these tiny flying saucers. And the reveal Invader. is that. Yes. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's one of my all time favorite episodes. Yeah, it's Wait, a what's great the reveal? One. The reveal is that they're earthlings. She's an alien. Oh, that's fine. She's a giant <laughs> alien. Spoilers. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, no, no, this is that was wow. Great segue. Great segue. Because there's something so morally and, and ethically ambiguous with Dark Passage that that episode of Twilight Zone really highlights because it puts you in that in her perspective mm -hmm. and then flips it around by going, hey, you've been rooting for her to kill humans. You and, and if you remember in that Twilight Zone episode, which now, you know, spoiler, spoiler, you, you all should go watch that one as well. Yeah. The spaceship turns around and it says the U.S. Army, if I remember correctly. Mm -hmm. And you're like, oh, I've been rooting for her to kill humans. She's the alien. This movie with Dark Passage, there's a moment when the the man in the beginning of the film who picks <laughs> him up, hitchhiker. I who, love this guy. 
He's, yeah. he's an amazing character. What a weasel. Yeah, he's, he's like a hero. Like, what a hero. Anyway. <laughs> Bogart punches the hell out of him when this guy kind of like starts to lead on. Yeah. Oh, wait, you might be the guy on the that they're talking about on the radio who killed his wife. He punches him. And then there's this shot very early on, right before Lauren Bacall comes, where he picks up this rock. And you're like, oh, no, Bogey, you're going to kill this dude. You're not. We, we're hoping you're not the murderer. Mm-hmm. And he doesn't. She says you don't have to do that. And then later on, this dude, Baker, comes back and he's been following Bogey the whole time and kind of sets him up, gun to him and everything. And there's this weird moment that I had where I was like, man, if only he just hit him with that rock. You I mean, wouldn't have to right. really work. <laughs> it reminded me. There's the gag. And I think the other guys where they like drive away from the guy and they're parked in the street. They learned that the guy was still running after them the whole time they're parked. And they're just like, oh, shit, he's back. That's <laughs> right. Right. He I thought I'd seen the last of Baker. And then, and then he just shows back up and I'm like, fuck, Baker, you've been right. really committed this whole time. Yeah. And, you learn like he's just like following him the whole movie. And, and, Bogart, on tilt. and, and Bogart, like you can feel that too. He's just like, really? You? Yeah. Jesus Christ, I'm going to throw you like, off this <laughs> right on. what are the odds he's also a criminal like he's just right, this, yeah. yeah but but again there's also something about the violence portrayed in this movie that mm-hmm. really felt kind of visceral for 1947 for the yeah. time for sure yeah, yeah. in american yeah. movies they, they do obviously because you're in that pov you're getting those like pu- punching shots mm-hmm. that feel but but in their their fight on the hill before baker flies off yeah. a lot of people do a lot of like flying a lot of flying off things, off things. yeah um, there's this like really great shot where they're wrestling on the ground mm-hmm. and Baker takes his hand and just kind of like smushes it into Bogart's face. And, yeah. and again, it's this whole thing ha- has been about faces and, and we're finally seeing Bogart and we're like, hey, 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 that's the biggest movie star. Don't hurt his face like that. Mm-hmm. And it, you don't see that in those movies back then. And and honestly, now you rarely see like a fish hook, <laughs> you know, where somebody's yeah. like clawing at, yeah. your, at your actor's face like, and he had just yeah. gotten surgery i was literally like oh my god is his face gonna tear off are they gonna yeah. tear his face or it's it's also the meta aspect of making your star look unglamorous especially yeah. bogart who is yeah. who is a tough guy most famous uh hollywood icon at the time he's real passive in this movie and he's just getting his ass beat and this dude is yanking on his face and this like really visceral grotesque way almost it's like that's it's like I, a striking image yeah again that's why i would lobby to to have have this thing remade um and and the the setup now is that this whole thing has just been for us to say let us remake it let us yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no but but it's because you you would want to bring in like there's such a nightmarish trippy quality like we were talking about that whole sequence where he has the surgery and the doctor's like ah, ha, 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 oh my god yeah, yeah. yeah. Like, oh, it's like yeah. the Willy Wonka tunnel it, yeah. it is yeah. And, yeah and you would you would love to see like a more you know body horror almost like Cronenberg kind of take to having this mauled face that's healing yeah. over the of the the story and then anytime anybody brushes up against him he's in pain like you want to feel that because you do in the in the movie but if you if you had the right prosthetics and stuff oh it could feel so disturbing yeah absolutely yeah because he feels very helpless where you're like once he gets the surgery he still has to spend a while just wrapped up and he can't talk he can't defend himself and lauren and lauren bacall is like kind of you're you're still suspicious of her so you're like is she gonna do something she keeps doing the thing where she'll say the truth as a lie and you see him he keeps going like oh shit but again it's (laughs) it's the idea of her completing him is like he's not smart enough 
to be sneaky and she's smart enough to be sme- sneaky. Exactly. She has to deal with fucking Bob all the time. Uh, Bob. And, yeah. Bob. <laughs> I, I really, I think my favorite section of the movie is the 20 minutes of the film where he can't speak. Yeah. 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 Take care of him. <laughs> yeah. But like from like a, like there's so much tension in that, in that section. And I'm like, if there was ever a remake or even just creatively, I'm just like, man, that is a very interesting, like, yeah. for like, yeah, 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 yeah. I, I, I hear you. I totally hear you. I think I told you this, but there's this, this concept that I, that I had when I was much younger, like uh-huh. before, like pre high school. So it made no sense. There was, there was no story. It just was this idea of a western where a character gets stabbed in the throat, mm-hmm. and for a majority of the movie, he can't speak right. at any time. And, and, and it's there's, there's no story there. That's just a, a detail. But right. that dark passage plays with that mm-hmm. in a way that you know does not feel gimmicky mm-hmm. it feels very precise and very much um utilized to create tension and then thematically make you feel as if you can't speak and yeah. you are the you know it's it's that that's why i think the movie yeah. works like there's a version of this where i'm like well what if he was in that state until the last 20 minutes of the oh, movie man. Yeah. and and like that would have made that third act way more effective I, in like yeah. a, a traditional sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I going back to why they did the plastic surgery, why they did the face thing, I wonder if it is like an element of like they had Bogart. And I don't know if the original story or whatever it's based off of, if it's based off anything or the screenplay yeah, didn't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it helps alienate us from Bogart, an actor that we're very familiar with too. So like because he is, we do kind of suspect him. At the same time, we're seeing it from his perspective. But I felt like I, I, it's weird because it's like then you put yourself in his shoes a little bit, but you also feel alienated from the characters so that when we change that perspective, it doesn't quite, it, it doesn't fully feel like the same person we've been following yeah. for the film. Mm-hmm. And yeah. so it just adds a little element of complexity to his character. Yeah, um, it does. And there, yeah, we're going to say, no, I was going to say also as far as his voice. I mean, one of the more, you know, infamous voices in film film history, and hmm. you're listening to him rather than watching him for so long that you, you know, we as modern audiences can picture him. So when they take those bandages off, you're like, yeah, that's the guy we've been following. However, because they have this complete shift in perspective, I, I agree that they succeed in making you feel as if you also went through that kind of grisly transformation. Mm-hmm. And you're just kind of like, oh, man, I don't now I don't know what he looked like before like i'm i'm scared to think of what and the idea that they never show you we never get a picture of some other person we never get to see what he was right am i correct like no he's in the paper but it's yeah they, they show his picture in the paper but it's by the time you see it it's well you do see it before in the pov and then you see it once or twice after when it's already when we've already seen bogart's face but it's it's interesting they 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 show it in a way where it's it feels so foreign, even though you know that's supposed to be who he really is. Funny. And it's like it's all it, it's the same. It's like kind of the other side of the token you were talking about, where it's they've gotten us to be to feel unfamiliar with one of the yeah. most familiar actors in history. Yeah, funny because I think that just proves the point right there yeah. that they do show it, and it blew right by me. You know, because you're like, no, that's that I've been listening to him. So that's who I'm following. Right. I, yeah, I think they really succeed in 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 completely pulling the rug out from you yeah. with those perspectives. Yeah. And- the actor is Frank Wilcox, is who played his picture, who I don't recognize, oh. but he's oh. been in tons of movies. So, so he was 
they were they wanted to get another familiar face. <laughs> That's what I'm wondering. Is it like was it the equivalent of like Matt Damon today, where you're like, I don't know who the hell that is, yeah. um, and then not, and then not having him in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and it's paying well, a little money for this picture. The funny thing is that you know, I unfortunately you guys have not gotten a chance to to check out Last Straw, but we were you know. Um, it's funny that after the fact that we both watched this movie, Alan and I were talking right. about how it is so there's a lot of similarities in, in right. what we do in, in with dual perspective in our story. And Alan, you want to just like just briefly. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I didn't know if we wanted to go there or not, but like this Please? is I can definitely tell that this is a film that seeped in, was in there. deep, you know, just in your in, yes. your, in your configuration yes, you yes, as a writer. Yes, yes. Not that it's really a like kind of like influenced this film, but I think like we do some interesting things. I, I hope interesting things with perspective in our in our own film. And I, you know, I, I couldn't help but watch this movie and, and be like, oh, this is a kindred spirit yes. in, a, in a way. It's less and, um, less shot, shots and, and POV and, and how they do it, and it's more. Um, and I think it's okay if we say, yeah, it's, yeah. it's more structurally how we create um two halves of a crime and, yeah. and really show oh. one complete perspective of a story that you feel like you've seen before mm-hmm. and you're like yeah we know these home invasion style thriller horror movies with masked assailants and and we we know these the the, yeah. the you know uh, the cliches and the They're tropes a dime of the genre dozen, right like- right and then, and then halfway through our movie we kind of um completely shift to who is actually behind the mask and that is shows you a completely new version of events that we've already seen. And so it's kind of funny that structurally we're playing with this idea that, yeah. hey, have fun the first half of the movie. Um, we're going to make you feel real gross the second half when you really see what's behind the violence and the mayhem that that you've been you know watching yeah. for so long. And I think Dark Passage really does that. It does it that. feel yeah. that grisly nature. Yeah. Yeah, I think I think that I think that's the part is like you really feel it. The movie makes you feel dirty. And yes. like, I mean, I keep saying that, but like, I think that 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 is sort of the through line to our film, which is like, I think that we tried to do something similar, which is like lure you in with a thing. And then it's like, OK, that thing that you like. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck you. Yeah. Nah, nah. Honestly, but like, I don't know. It's, and, and also we we both really bonded um when we first met over you know carpenter and yeah. friedkin and these these filmmakers who at in their respective eras um uh r.i.p friedkin and, yeah. and carpenter please stay alive a, a lot longer but in respective <laughs> eras they were doing these bold brash you know things where they were portraying characters that feel as if as alan was saying earlier on the fringes of society you know these characters who you're not supposed to like or watch or want to be with or at least somebody like you know freaking with exorcists like characters who you're like yes i know the priest but i don't know the priest who's going through what this priest is going through and this (laughs) and so that's what we gravitated towards always in in our stories is just like telling the the outsider's perspective yeah and uh and 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 kind of portraying a cast of characters who you're kind of like ooh, should we side with them Ooh, i feel dirty for siding yeah because it's like where i mean i mean it's like the the home invasion thriller the the mass the sale it's like it's been done so many times it's like where where like what's left yeah, yeah like what, right. what what perspective what 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 is interesting left to say and tell and so that's kind of like what was exciting about us making this film I yeah think. just from the trailer and and 
just reading about it like i definitely get those vibes off of it like carpenter is a, a oh for a sure i i think we even said may have even said carpenter in the we might have, yeah. episode but yeah no now i'm just everything you said just makes me more excited to see the movie yeah so. <laughs> yeah it's interesting because like you know we've been like interacting with with people and, and critics and and you know we'll, we'll hear people's responses and it, it's really interesting because i guess we can talk about it it's, yeah. it's like I think some people go into the movie wanting the traditional thing Mm -hmm. and and then they get this other thing and they're like, wait, what? (laughs) I I think that any film that attempts to do something, whether it's structurally or whether it's through, through shots, something that is, is different and takes on a concept that we feel familiar and then plays with it and rips that audiences if you elicit that emotion right. in an audience and a surprise, sometimes it comes off where the audience is like, I didn't like that. And you're yes. like, yes, but we still achieved what we wanted to do to right. make you feel that uncomfortable way, you know? and kind of weird and nasty. <laughs> a lot of films have like that. Yeah. Like you look at, you go back and look at like how the thing was reviewed originally versus oh, how yeah. it's seen now. Coming out a week after like, E.T. Yeah. Because I think oh, man. <laughs> it happens where like trailers promise a certain type of film and you yeah. know, the filmmakers aren't always in charge of what the trailers promise. And like, and then the audience go in expecting one thing and they get another. And sometimes there's a moment of like people having to adjust to like, no, yeah. this was the story we wanted to tell. It might not oh, have been the story oh. you wanted when you came in. Yeah. We we've been lucky enough, you know. It's it's this has been a really cool festival run for us, yeah. and, and this is our first uh, produced feature, the yep. first feature that Alan has directed, and, and I've written. We've done yeah. a ton of stuff, but again, first feature that right. has been, yeah. And um, we've we've had some great reactions, and and critically, you know, I know we're all kind of a slave to Rotten Tomatoes, but critically on Rotten Tomatoes, we're doing pretty well, and yep. we're excited every time that we screen it, and it's been a really amazing response to put something out in the world and have people like yourselves, you know, see the trailer and say, Ooh, this looks like something that we like the goal, I think, and correct me if I'm wrong, but from the very beginning was like, let's make a movie that we would love to see. Right. And people like us would love to see. And, you know, we've had uh, some kind of cool experiences in, in the theater so far Mm -hmm. and some of these screenings where we've had visceral, we had somebody yell at the, at the Uh screen during the movie vomit. And we don't have a particularly gory film. Oh shit. It's yeah. visceral. It's, it's visceral, <laughs> but, but it's not anything that you would think would. I mean, there's it, been stuff. Way are you kidding me? Like, yeah, no. But, but yeah. It, oh, so you, you were surprised at the vomit? So very much so. It's not something <laughs> where, where we expected it. In fact, one of the things that we are doing in this film, which again, Dark Passage does really well, is um, portray violence in a way that is less about what you see and more about what you don't see. It's kind of the sounds. It's kind of like some empty shots where yeah. there's movement on the edge of the frame. And it's like, oh, I hope they're not doing what I, I think that they're doing. Is that a stab? Is that a strangulation? Yeah. And and I and yeah, we had some we had a reaction of somebody vomit and I was both simultaneously shocked and like, oh my gosh, are they okay? And also yeah. like, fuck yeah, that was awesome. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know it's working. We know it's working. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like I, I went to the bathroom at one point in our last screen and and then I I, I came back into the lobby and there was just like a woman like in the corner, like crying. And there was a guy doing this. And I was like, hang her back. I'm like, what is happening? And I like went back into the theater and they were just like, something just happened. And I'm like, oh no, I think I saw them outside. Yeah. I always <laughs> want to interview because I'd be like, is it, was it, 
did they like break up with you or is it like movie like make sure yeah, like yeah. how was your stomach feeling all yeah, right? yeah 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 and subtly yeah. hand them the comment and then, card and then we, yeah we found out afterwards it was like no she was having a, a, a an, an emotional reaction. experience to what was happening well the, the other trip. thing is like we we i love movies that that and we both love yeah. movies that push the boundaries and like movies that like i always feel as if if i see a movie um nowadays and there are few and far between but again it's picking up something like um uh, uncut gems right or like what the safties are doing if you if movies that you're just like no i don't think we're allowed to make those anymore guys you know like that's <laughs> that's early 90s grit like i don't think and i i want i i particularly i think we both want to continue to make films that really feels if you're like ooh, 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 guys careful careful yeah, you, you, can't know? you can't do that you can't do that you can't do that let's see what you are dig dark passage of yeah, this movie yeah. is definitely yeah. full of safety brothers character oh so, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um awesome all right any other thoughts about dark passage before we 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 close it down before we or or anything else you guys wanted to share about last straw yeah you, have you straw. have you told people like what it's about have we talked about like the basic um, oh my gosh! Did premise we? of it? Oh, oh geez, I don't, I don't think we did. Oh no! No, somebody no. explained <laughs> that. Can, can we can we redo the? Can we redo this whole hour and a half, please? Yeah, we'll put this at the beginning. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to? Oh, you know what? I already did it once today. You do it, man. I always make the writer do it. I'm gonna start striking again. I did it on public radio this time. <laughs> yeah, you're, right, you're right, you're right, right. Um, no, Last Straw is, is a is a new neo noir cool crime thriller with horror elements about a waitress working her absolute worst late shift ever when some masked assailants come in and, and try to ruin her night. Um, but again, uh, not everything is what it seems. There are some different perspective shifts in there, and it, it truly—we were truly trying to make something that that elevates the genre and takes that home invasion style thriller in a diner. Because I'm from Jersey, and yeah. uh, diners have always been a frequent, hot, you know, hotspot that we would hang out. Um, what happens if the mayhem comes to you in the place of work? And there's nowhere to run, and there's nowhere to hide, and it's a fun time. It's a really fun time. We're yeah. excited for audiences to see it. It's right now finishing its festival circuit, mm -hmm. um, a little festival run, and yeah. we should have distribution soon. And yeah, it's uh, it's a good yeah. Time. We've got a couple of great performances. Uh, Jess oh, yeah. Belkin, who plays Nancy, and then uh, uh, Taylor Kowalski plays a, a guy named Jake, and incredible. Just I mean, they really went there, and it's I, you know it was great to have them on board. And and Alan Palomo of Neon Indian did the score, and so it's got it's a amazing. very you know Tangerine Dream, New yeah. Order vibe, and so yeah, I, we and and. The, the goal with this one, you know, we've both been working in the industry for a really long time. I've been writing a ton of stuff for different companies and stuff. And Alan has been casting and, and, and making shorts. And we, the goal was to finally push that boulder up the mountain and, and get, and get a feature made that, that people, again, like us really just dug and could, yeah. could really um, roll up their sleeves and get dirty with us. And we are really excited to, to keep showing it. It was filmed, uh, we won't say, but it was filmed, very low budget film, but it has a lot of, of, of our heart, our blood, mm. emphasis on the blood, blood, sweat, and tears. Yep. And mm. and yeah, I think you can really feel it when you watch it. We're, we're excited to share it with you guys too, so you can watch it before everybody else. Yeah. Nice. Very excited so, to see it. So you heard it here. They used their own actual blood in last <laughs> <Yeah. time>. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I can't wait. Thank you guys yeah, so much so for joining us and, yes, thank and you. talking about this. Um, 
I guess we we're closing out. So I'll, I'll quickly plug our Patreon, patreon.com slash gamefully unemployed for people listening. Check it out. We have exclusive podcasts on there and we watch movies every Friday night with our patrons as well. All right. I guess I'll do our, our last little plug here. We have a store. Head over to GamefullyEmployed.com. You can find a link to our Teespring store. We have all kinds of cool words and artwork and designs you can get on T-shirts, mugs, stickers, posters, all sorts of things. So slap your little bogey peepers onto that. Yeah. And <laughs> check out Last Straw, a movie about the average night for a waitress at a diner. Exactly. Thank you guys so much for having us. Yeah. Uh, thank you both.